Welcome to Biology for Bastards, where we teach biology in the most profane way you have ever seen or heard. I'm your host, John Doty. Thanks for listening. Uh, this season, we're going through the AP Biology curriculum, and we are up to Chapter 9, all about motherfucking respiration. This is some intense shit ahead, just as a heads up. Um, but before we get going, I do want to give a shout out to, um, let's call it the Bastard of the Week. Really, it's just somebody who said something to us on Twitter, and it really kind of it hit home. So I wanted to give a shout out to Sarah B. Um, she's going through learning some stuff. So good for you, Sarah. Good for everybody else. Uh, but without any further shit, let's get going. Cellular respiration. Like I said, this is some hard-ass stuff. Um, lots of stuff we're working on because everything needs energy when it comes down to it. We have sunlight, which we've talked about a little bit, um, but we transform it through photosynthesis and then we take that energy and turn it into something, some sort of chemical energy that organisms can use. Now we'll get into photosynthesis next time. Um, so today we're just going to focus on kind of the second phase of this energy conversion. What do we do when we have that energy? How do we actually get shit done? So this chapter is all about catabolic pathways where we're breaking down food, getting that energy back. They are exergonic. We're releasing the energy. That's where we're at this time. Next time we'll talk about the opposite where we're requiring energy and converting it into forms for everything else. Um, both of them, we got to talk about this shit, <clears throat> oxidation, reduction, also known as redox reactions, reduction, oxidation, redox. So this is a little tricky, um, but there's this mnemonic called oil rig, where you have oxidation is losing, reduction is gaining, and what we're losing and gaining in both cases, electrons. And that's the shit that's really, really important. Um, so when something is an electron donor it's going to be known as the reducing agent because it is going to reduce something and then the electron acceptor is the oxidizing agent because it's going to oxidize that reducing agent they're opposites oxidation and reduction because as i've said biology and science is all about opposites so when something's reduced something's oxidized vice versa um when we're talking about this shit today, this respiration, the sugar is going to be oxidized and our oxygen is going to be reduced. So it sounds a little opposite that oxygen is going to be reduced and not oxidized, but oxi oxygen will in fact get reduced. Our sugar, our fuel, our glucose is what gets oxidized. <clears throat> so talking about energy and how we actually get our energy out of shit. Well, as electrons fall, we'll call say it fall from high organic or sorry, high energy organic stuff down to oxygen, that's where energy is going to get released. So during respiration what we do is we take that and we try to like stair step it where we control the fall instead of a giant ass explosion of just shit, boom, here's all this energy. We kind of take it in baby steps, collect that energy so we can actually do shit with it. Um, 
So during this whole process, we have this oxidizing agent, which is the electron acceptor, called NAD+. Uh, don't ask me what the fuck it stands for, because I honestly don't remember, and I don't really give a shit. Um, neither should you. Just NAD+. Um, so yeah. It's the electron acceptor. And when it picks up electrons, it's also going to pick up a hydrogen ion and turn into NADH. And then as NADH, it's going to shuttle shit um, through these baby steps that we talked about just a second ago, through these controlled reactions. <clears throat> okay, so let's just kind of um, dive right in because I've already talked about the baby steps this electron transport chain. All right, let's get going. There's three stages of cellular respiration. We have glycolysis. We have what's known as the Krebs cycle where you have pyruvate that's oxidized and the citric acid cycle going on. And then we have the oxidative phosphorylation part where we have the electron transport chain and chemiosmosis. So in eukaryotes, Again, those things with nuclei and membrane-bound organelles and everything. We have glycolysis that takes place in the cytosol, and then everything else takes place within the mitochondria. Um, but in prokaryotes, everything takes place in the cytosol while the kind of the electron transport chain, chemiosmosis, that oxidative phosphorylation part, that's going to take place across the plasma membrane. Now, I've been saying this oxidative phosphorylation, oxidative phosphorylation shit, um, it is different from substrate level phosphorylation. And phosphorylation is just basically the transferring of a phosphate. Something becomes phosphorylated when it gains a phosphate group. Substrate level phosphorylation is when you have a substrate molecule that is donating the phosphate. And oxidative phosphorylation is when we use that redox reaction to power the addition of an inorganic phosphate. So the first couple stages we talk about, the glycolysis and the Krebs cycle, that is substrate level phosphorylation going on. And then the last stage is oxidative phosphorylation. Take a sip of my coffee before we get this shit rolling. Yeah, this is all like precursor shit. We haven't even gotten into the real stuff. All right. See, it's just conversational. Good times. Glycolysis. Um, really boils down to being called sugar splitting. And as far as we know, it's super ancient. Because back in the day, ancient as in it's been going on for fucking ever. Because way back in the day, the early prokaryotes, there wasn't oxygen available. And this does not require oxygen. But what we do is we partially oxidize glucose into two molecules of pyruvate. And it happens in two stages. And what we get at the end, we get two ATP, which is our energy molecule. This is our net gain. Um, more on that later. But two ATP and then two NADH, which is our, elect our electron shuttles, and then two water molecules. So there are two stages to glycolysis. The first stage is where we have to do some initial energy investment, where we take um, some ATP that we have on hand, 
and we phosphorylate compounds of glucose. So what we're doing there is we're making those compounds more unstable than they were before so that in the second stage, which is our energy payoff stage, we can get two carbon, two three carbon compounds that have been oxidized and we get two ATP and two NADH. So I'm going to say that again. We spend two ATP to phosphorylate some glucose, making it unstable. And then during the energy payoff, those end up producing four ATP, but for a net gain of two ATP via phosphorylation, sorry, via substrate level phosphorylation. So it gets us just a little bit. We steal the phosphate group from a substrate throw it onto our ADP, and there you go. Magic shit happens. That's basically glycolysis. So it's not too bad. It's just a lot of new vocab, like you've got to keep your substrate level and your oxidative phosphorylation straight and all that shit. Um, it gets us a little bit, but not too, too much. Um, but, you know, a little bit's better than nothing. So next up, we have the pyruvate oxidation and the citric acid cycle, collectively known as the Krebs cycle. It's going to happen in the innermost compartment of the mitochondria. So glycolysis happened in the cytosol. We now venture into the mitochondria. And as we know, the mitochondria has two membranes, an outer membrane and an inner membrane. This is taking place within that inner membrane. And what I'm going to describe happens twice per glucose molecule. So, because we're going to focus one pyruvate, focus on one pyruvate as we go through, but we get two pyruvates from each glucose. So just kind of keep that in the back of your brains as we go through all of this fun shit. So we have pyruvate that's out in our cytosol and as we venture into the mitochondria, the carboxyl group gets ripped off and that gets eliminated as carbon dioxide. So one of the byproducts of all this shit is carbon dioxide. And that leaves us with this two carbon fragment. We oxidize that two carbon fragment, it creates acetate. And when we do that, the electrons get transferred to NAD plus. And that is where we form that NADH that I talked about. So we got some more NADH formed. And we have this coenzyme A that is attached to our acetate, and that forms what's known as acetyl-CoA, or acetyl-coenzyme A. So all that's just kind of getting shit ready. And then from there, we enter the actual citric acid cycle. So that was just the pyruvate oxidation. We oxidize it, we turn it into acetyl-CoA, we get carbon dioxide and NADH. That's kind of as we're moving into the mitochondria. Once we're in the mitochondrial matrix, that innermost compartment, that is where we're going to take acetyl-CoA, turn it into citrate, and just go through this cycle where we release more carbon dioxide, we get some more ATP, we get some NADH, we get some FADH2, which is another electron carrier. And all this shit's happening by substrate level 
phosphorylation. Um, we're not going to go into detail about all the different enzymes and all the different fucking turns of the citric acid cycle because it would make me want to like murder somebody or just stop doing this in a heartbeat because it's fucking dry as shit. Um, so fortunately for you, AP doesn't require you to know all that stuff, but you need to know you have your pyruvate as the result of glycolysis. It transforms into acetyl-CoA as it enters the mitochondria. Once it's in the matrix, it goes through this cycle, producing a net gain. And again, this is happening for two spins because each acetyl-CoA came from a pyruvate. You get two pyruvates from one glucose. So for a single glucose molecule, you get a net gain of two ATP, six NADH, and two FADH2 through the citric acid cycle. From there, we get into the fucking moneymaker, the cellular respiration shit, okay? Um, oxidative phosphorylation. So what it's gonna do is use the energy of those redox reactions, the reduction in oxidation, to power ATP synthesis. So, so far we have made, what, like four ATP? And what we're going to get through this step alone is anywhere from 26 to 28 ATP. So like seven times the shit. Shit's the word of the day if you didn't pick up on that. So it's going to happen through an electron transport chain um, that produces the ATP via, via oxidative phosphorylation because of chemiosmosis. This is that energy coupling that we talked about previously where you use something to then use the chemical gradient or the electrical gradient to power a reaction that requires energy. That's what we're doing here. So as we go through, we have all these molecules that are embedded in the inner membrane of the mitochondria. Some proteins, some non-protein shit, just kind of working through it. And what it does is it's easing the fall of the electrons from our food molecules to oxygen. So it's alternating between it's reduced, then it's oxidized, then it's reduced, then it's oxidized as they accept and donate the electrons. So as it accepts an electron from, quote, you know, quote unquote, uphill, it's reduced and then it's oxidized as it donates to its neighbor downhill, which is more electronegative. And this is happening, like I said, in the inner membrane of the mitochondria in a prokaryote, it's happening across the plasma membrane. And a little thing to point out about NADH versus FADH2 is that FADH2, even though it has the same number of electrons as NADH, it only produces about two-thirds of the energy because it introduces those electrons further downhill in the chain. So therefore, it has less potential energy um, to kind of transfer. But as it's going down, as we're easing these fall of the electrons, we are pumping them into the intermembrane space of the mitochondria. So we're getting a shit ton of hydrogen ions in that intermembrane space. And then what we're going to do is use that chemiosmosis to drive our cellular work of actually producing ATP with the help of this enzyme called ATP synthase. So because 
they were pumped into that space and there's so many in there what happens is the gradient that occurs it's a energy releasing reaction as it flows down through that ATP synthase think of like water in a water wheel we've pumped all this water uphill now it's going to flow through this enzyme to actually crank out our ATP um, so like I said what we end up with is an overall of like 30 to 32 ATP through all this shit two from glycolysis two from the Krebs cycle and then anywhere from 26 to 28 um, from oxidative phosphorylation depending on that FADH2 or NADH kind of thing that goes down. So that's all in the presence of oxygen. But if we don't have oxygen, we still need to get our energy. And that's where anaerobic respiration comes in, where some of our final elect electron acceptors aren't oxygen, but things like sulfate or nitrate, um, sulfur compounds, all this stuff. So we're really talking fermentation here. And it's important to point out that fermentation does not create energy. So we have glycolysis that happens. Fermentation comes after glycolysis and is mainly focused on the regeneration of that NAD+. Okay, because we need that in order to oxidize our glucose. Um, and there's two ways that we can go through fermentation. We can either go through ethanol fermentation or lactic acid fermentation. So we can either create ethanol and carbon dioxide, which is what some bacteria and yeast do. It's used for, you know, brewing, winemaking, baking, all that shit. And it takes pyruvate and rips off a of carbon dioxide and then adds two hydrogens to it to get the ethanol. Or you can have lactic acid fermentation, which takes the pyruvate and turns it into lactate, which is what happens in fungi, you know, bacteria, our muscles, all that shit. It makes cheese, yogurt, all this stuff. Um, where what we do is we just kind of rearrange that pyruvate, throw on the hydrogens from the NADH to get our lactate. Now, all this shit and please go through and look at the PowerPoint look at the slides look at the show notes all that whatever stuff um, because it's gonna be super fucking important um, the imagery here and kind of visualizing where everything goes it really helps to have a picture but we've talked about sugar here sugar there doing something uh, obviously we eat more than sugar but different foods, different macromolecules can enter into this process at various places. Um, for a protein, we've got to rip off the amino groups first and we eliminate that as waste. But at that point, um, it can enter into the pyruvate stage or into the acetyl-CoA portion of the citric acid cycle or into the citric acid cycle somewhere itself. Um, fats will actually enter into two different points where the glycerol will enter into glycerol into glycolysis and then the fatty acid tails will um, enter as acetyl-CoA in the citric acid cycle. Um, carbohydrates, that's just in glycolysis and all that stuff. Um, and then there's this enzyme 
last major thing, and then the rest is just review. Phosphofructokinase. Aside from being awesome to say, phosphofructokinase, um, it's an enzyme that's going to control the rate of glycolysis in the citric acid cycle. And it's important because it's the first step that basically commits the substrate into the glycolytic pathway. So into the pathway of glycolysis and the citric acid cycle and all that shit. Phosphofructokinase is the enzyme active in the first step that is at the decision maker. Once it goes past that stage, it's dedicated to the pathway. And you don't want to do that if you don't need all that energy. You need to save that energy. We want to do something else with it. But phosphofructokinase, it's inhibited by ATP and citrate. So as we get citrate from the citric acid cycle, if it starts to build up, that will go back, inhibit phosphofructokinase, and stop glycolysis from occurring further. And same thing with ATP. If we're pumping out a bunch of ATP at the end, it'll go back and it will inhibit phosphofructokinase, stopping the reaction in place. So that's all the stuff. That's all the information. Um, there's a couple of review slides at the very end that highly recommend to go through and look at. Uh, this was a short one, but intense. Um, short, but very much going on. So just like last time, I recommended going back and listening to it again. This one's probably worth a second, maybe a third listen to. Um, so I'm just going to wrap it up so I'm not blabbing at the end so you don't want to listen to my shit some more. So, um, yeah, we'll just wrap it up. That's respiration. Um, this is Biology for Bastards. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Bio for Bastards. Um, rate, review, subscribe, tell all your people about it, do all that shit so that we get bigger and bigger. Um, we're doing great. We've got about, you know, a meager 40-something listeners per episode, which I'll take. Okay, I'd like to see a little bit more than that. So spread the word now that school's in and shit's going down. Or if you're just listening to this and you're not in school, good for you. Just spread the word to people who are nerdy and shit like you. Um, our intro and outro music is the song Feeling Good by Purple Planet Music. Purple Planet Sound. I don't remember. It's been a long fucking day. It's a Monday. So um, it's by Purple Planet something. And I'm your host, John Doty. And until next time, thanks for listening. So you may have just heard an ad, but I can't end with an ad. So just once again, follow us on Twitter at BioForBastards. Um, rate, subscribe, tell everybody you know about it. And again, thanks for listening.